Good evening and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, be sure to follow and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's episode, we are most likely going to conclude our wonderful look at the 2013 NHL entry draft for the Winnipeg Jets. We went through uh, up through pick number five. So if you haven't seen picks one through five yet, go ahead and check out the last episode. We start off with Josh Morrissey and and close off at J.C. LePon. But obviously, if you want to listen to this one first, the order doesn't really matter. It just kind of gives you a sense of uh, what, what sequence our players were taken in. So... Um, where we left off was J.C. Lapon, and after Lapon actually came in the fourth round at pick 104, Andrew Kopp. Now, I don't know if Andrew Kopp really needs that much of an introduction. I think most folks now have a pretty good handle on what he is. I think the debate around Andrew Kopp is, for a lot of folks, uh, some of us have said that Kopp is maybe a second-line center, and I think that that is obviously, in in many ways, probably not the ideal situation, because I think what Kopp does best is he creates space. Now, Kopp actually has put up pretty decent points numbers, and actually his primary scoring rate over the past couple of seasons has noticeably ticked up. Some people say he has, like, stone hands or whatever. Anytime I've watched Kopp, I actually think that he does pretty well. Most of what happens is he's just not... He doesn't have many opportunities to pull off elite finishes, and so he's not the kind of guy who often finds himself in those positions. He's kind of a guy who likes to have a really aggressive forecheck. I think that he opens up a lot of shooting and passing lanes for his teammates. And so I, I think the impression is that because he doesn't finish on the, the few chances that he gets, even though he puts a decent amount of shots on goal, I think that people tend to think that he's, you know, like Adam Lowry. And, and Lowry, of course, is is a very talented player, but I think most folks understand that he is more on the physical forechecking and and space-making side of things. A lot of times, Lowry will take shots that are maybe not the most ideal or don't really have enough mustard to, to beat the goalkeeper. That said, I think that Cop has a bit more, uh, putting it lightly, a bit more finesse to his game, and I think that Cop has a pretty decent release. He's a smart player. He does a lot of the uh, a lot of the little things right, and I think that his attention to detail makes it um, such that you can really trust him to do so many different things, including penalty killing responsibilities. He can, you know, be in your middle six if you need to. He can occasionally uh, flank a, a top player like Shifley. I think he was with Mark at one point on the first line when the Jets were looking for emergency winger replacements. And so Cop has a lot of versatility to his game. And I think that that's one reason why Maurice loves him so much. And a lot of the reason that we all love him too is because he's just a great all-around player and he does so much for this team. Andrew, I have to say, especially for a fourth-round pick, has been unbelievable value. I think that he's already played uh, 356 games for the Jets, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Dude is really an indispensable team member and, and somebody who does so much, both in transition and defending and creating good offensive opportunities. He's the kind of depth guy that, you know, obviously you don't really sign depth players to long-term contracts, but if they kept him for another few years, I'd be very happy. I'm a big cop fan. I think that he plays the game the right way, and he's the kind of guy that you can basically rely on for all situations, and really the Jets just don't have enough players like that. 
Taken after Cop is a guy who actually didn't play for the Jets at any point in his career. He did, however, spend several seasons with the Manitoba Moose, and that is defenseman Jan Kostelek, taken at pick number 114, round 4, same round as Andrew Cop. Unfortunately, Kostelek just never really panned out. I think that his AHL numbers were uh, a little bit sparse. He wasn't really an offensive defenseman, and as far as anyone knows, at least from those who actually watched him, I think that he was probably like uh, maybe a second or a third pairing D at the AHL level. Kostelek, I think at one point, had decent potential. His Q numbers weren't really outstanding, but they were okay. You know, 43 points in his final season with Ramuski is not bad. But again, I think that, generally speaking, you know, for a guy who's 6'1", almost 200 pounds, I don't think that he kind of had the offensive and physical impact that the Jets are probably hoping. And as far as his defensive prowess is concerned... Kostelek really wasn't a high-end guy, and he was always going to be something of a project. When you when you draft guys from, like, rounds three and on, you're kind of taking a punt, and Kostelek was a bit of a punt. Sometimes, though, you just kind of have to trust your gut and hope that your scouts identify somebody. It is interesting, though, because he actually is still playing pro hockey. He, he went to the ECHL for one season, actually part of the season that he was uh, with the Manitoba Moose when the Jets um, went to the, the conference finals. And then he, past couple of years, has been over in the Czech League with uh, Sparta Praha. Apparently he's actually doing pretty well. He uh, he had 16 and 25 points in the last two seasons there, so not bad. Interestingly, it looks like he's been getting in, into some mischief because he's got 68 penalty minutes this season in 47 games, which is quite a bit. He's probably getting some fighting majors here and there. I don't know how else he would because, as far as I know, he wasn't really a guy who was known to be a particularly enforcery, grindy type but he definitely has racked up the penalty minutes this season, so maybe he's getting more ice time, and that's just a natural product of it. Fourth round value, I have to say the Jets got pretty good value out of uh, out of Andrew Kopp. I think that Kopp basically uh, saves a lot from that round, uh, and probably from the third round too, because the third round, no one really made the NHL, but Kopp has been a mainstay of this lineup for several years now, and it seems like he's only getting more and more responsibility. And also, he's actually pretty outspoken. He, uh, he's he been taking more of a leadership role, especially, it seems like, within the locker room. So I feel like for the Jets, that can only be a positive development. Sometimes he does express, let's just say, displeasure with things. Um, he hasn't always been uh, censored when he's on TV, which is kind of funny. But I think that that's good for keeping the room accountable and kind of keeping an honest face for the team because cop has uh, not always hidden his emotions and i think that that is important for at least for this team to really connect to its fans and to the to the city itself they like hard-working honest guys and cop really seems to fit that mold i know that people will probably say oh you know his offensive chops and stuff or whatever but i think that cop is a very valuable member of this team and i hope he sticks around for a while after Kostelek and Kopp, we get to Tucker Pullman in round five at pick number 127. And Pullman is kind of an interesting case because Tucker was one of the more heralded defensive prospects to come out of um, University of North Dakota, at least as far as guys who could be thought to make an immediate impact at the pro level were concerned. Pullman is, at this stage of his career, probably more like a third-pairing guy. And I think that this year we found out where a lot of his limitations lie. Tucker has physical traits and actual techniques and skills that would make him a top-four defenseman, but unfortunately, I think he doesn't really read play and make decisions at a fast enough speed 
to actually be a top four defenseman. And when he was placed on the first pairing with Josh Morrissey, things got very bad very quickly. To some degree, it's unavoidable just because the Jets didn't have many NHL defenders to choose from, so in in a lot of ways, Pullman was shoved into emergency duty that he wasn't really prepared for or really given much advanced warning for. But that said, it is kind of frustrating that he has been thrown to the wolves in a lot of respects, and I feel like he was swimming the entire time. And then Maurice would kind of put him in high-leverage situations where I would think, in this case, he'd probably go with, like, Morrissey-Miku or Morrissey-Pionk. I think that that pairing would work better just because Pionk and and, uh, Niku are more comfortable skating around with the puck and not finding themselves in much trouble. Pullman can actually do that in limited doses in the third-pairing role, but if you start giving him top four minutes, I think you tend to find that he really struggles, and it's not really his fault. I think that he's just not equipped to handle that kind of role, and in a lot of ways, you know, very few guys would be. I think at the end of the day, Pullman will actually be a pretty decent NHL defenseman. It's just not at this stage because I think that he's being asked to do too much, mostly out of necessity more than anything. But as the Jets start getting more reinforcements, if he slides back into a third-pairing role, I think you're going to see his on-ice performance increase drastically. And I think that that's going to be good for the Jets because um, one thing that they've always struggled with is finding productive third-pairing defensemen. When he's not being given a ton of minutes... Pullman is very fine. In fact, he's pretty good. He just has trouble against top-pairing players and top-line forwards, which is totally fine. I think most people would understand if he would struggle with that. But he is going to be an NHLer. He already is. I think we we, uh, can at least say that he is probably a good number six, if not a number five. And I think that that is perfectly okay. If you get that from a fifth-round pick, you take that every day. I mean, that's that's pretty serious value. A lot of guys pass the third round, again, don't really make the NHL that often. So uh, a third-pairing defenseman from a fifth-round pick, I would be very happy with that. Winnipeg's final two picks didn't really uh, make a huge impact. I would actually say that Brendan Kuykden probably played the biggest role as far as anyone's concerned. Um, Brendan played quite a few seasons with the Manitoba Moose and St. John's Ice Caps. He was a pretty productive uh, defenseman back when he was with the Spokane Chiefs, had seasons where he posted 74, 81, 85 points. Very nice. And at the AHL level, he was pretty decent. With the Ice Caps, he had 48 points one season, 29 the next. And then when the uh, Ice Caps became the Moose, 41 and 23, and then 24 with the Charlotte Checkers in his final AHL season. At this stage of his career, he's been playing overseas in both the uh, SM Liga, which is, of course, Finland, and then more recently in Vienna with Austria. So, you know, not too bad. I would say that, uh, you know, playing in the Austrian League, not great, but playing in Liga and and having quite a decent career in the AHL, I think that that's value added for the Jets. Again, he was like a a seventh-round pick. Um, He'd been passed over after being drafted in the fifth round a couple years prior, but ended up coming back into the NHL draft fold, and the Jets found a guy who ended up being a pretty serviceable AHL defenseman. You know, not every, you know, pick is going to turn into an NHLer, and they don't have to be. But my take is, if that player can support your prospects and younger players, or even just be a a nice serviceable AHL veteran, that's fine. I think from a seventh round pick, that's great. He played four seasons for the Jet system, had pretty decent numbers over that span. That's good. The final player taken for Winnipeg in this draft was uh, Marcus Karlstrom. And Karlstrom basically never really did anything in North America. 
Almost all of his career has been overseas. He had one season in the NAHL with the Austin Bruins, but beyond that, he's basically been playing in the Swedish hockey system, most recently with Almtuna. Now, as far as that's concerned, that's not bad. Winnipeg never signed him to a contract, but I think as far as he's concerned for his own personal success, being able to play at the top Swedish league, at least for the time being, is not bad at all. I think that you would take that all day, and I think that for his own career, he's probably satisfied. I'm sure he wanted to make the NHL, but a lot of these guys who are drafted at the tail end often are, are project players, and he was another guy who was taller, but not exactly heavy. He was just, you know, 6'3 and, and weighed 185, so he's not a really heavy defenseman. He's a lankier, finer skating D. While it is kind of disappointing that Kuykten and Kostelek and, and Karlstrom didn't end up making the NHL, uh, especially in any sort of regular role, I do think that having at least a couple of those guys play prolifically for the Moose and, and Ice Caps is that's that's pretty okay. I think that you get value out of those picks. Um, Winnipeg getting Josh Morrissey and Andrew Kopp is, of course, a very big victory. I think that those guys have been mainstays of this team for many years. Pullman looks like a good quality third-pairing defenseman. So I would say as far as the 2013 NHL draft is concerned, Winnipeg did all right. I think that they could reasonably say that they got enough out of that draft to consider it a success. They extracted tons of AHL and ECHL depth. They got a couple of star prospects, although a couple of them didn't pan out, and I think that's more in how they were handled post-draft than anything that the, the prospects themselves did. So... Uh, at least for the top end of the picks, I would say that Josh Morrissey was great. Patan had a lot of potential, even though the Jets really weren't able to unlock it. And Andrew Kopp, of course, has been a mainstay in this middle six unit for many years now. So 2013 gets probably a B-plus from me. With the 2013 NHL entry draft out of the way, I guess it falls to us to now go to the 2014 entry draft. I'm sure you appreciate this very slow and laborious climb up to the modern hockey era. Some of these guys are going to be more familiar to you than others. 2013 uh, was pretty good. 2014, I'm going to be honest, not so good. Uh, 2014 has not aged 100% as well as we'd hoped. A couple of players, yes, very good. But the rest, uh, not not so ideal. And in all fairness, most of Winnipeg's picks were pretty late, relatively speaking. But even still, not a whole lot of NHL talent coming out of this pool. But we'll start from the bottom, reverse order, since we started from the top in the last draft. And we open with Matt Ustatsky, uh, who is a Illinois-born forward of some sort. I think he played center, if I recall correctly, but honestly, um, Ustatsky really wasn't uh, long for pro hockey in Winnipeg system, so I can never remember exactly what he did. He was a seventh-round pick um, and ended up playing for University of Wisconsin, and I think when he was with Wisconsin, it became clear that he really wasn't a particularly high-scoring offensive play driver, so... Ustatsky's numbers with Wisconsin were pretty bad, and granted, Wisconsin was a bad program for several years, but that said, I think the the sheer lack of offensive production, he had eight points as his career high, is, is not particularly inspiring. Um, Big Ten hockey, of course, not an easy conference these days, but even still, yikes. He did spend some time with Winnipeg's pro system. He had exactly one game with the Manitoba Moose, and then got uh, sent down to the Jacksonville Icemen, Played around 20, 21 games, maybe. Um, 
He even spent time with the SPHL Pensacola Ice Flyers uh, and then bounced around a couple of other teams this past year. But really, uh, Ustatsky just didn't, didn't really transition into much of a pro-level pro impact player, which is a little bit unfortunate. You always like some of these guys who are bigger players with a lot of physicality and some heft to hopefully develop some offensive instincts, but uh, of course that didn't really pan out, and, and Ustatsky is probably going to carve out something of a fourth-line role in the ECHL, hard to say, but you can probably guess he's done with the Winnipeg system. The guy taken before him in round six at pick number 164 is Pavel Kraskovsky. And Kraskovsky is kind of interesting because he's been playing with uh, Yaroslav Lokomotiv of the KHL. And Kraskovsky is, or at least was at one point considered, one of the higher upside bottom six prospects that the Jets had. Kraskovsky is a skilled two-way big center. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think Kraskovsky is really the kind of impact player that Winnipeg had hoped. And as far as I know, he was never really committed to coming overseas and signing for the Jets. I think that there was a hope that one day he might, but given his relatively meager points totals in, in the KHL, I think it's probably fine that he's kind of remained overseas and not really come over. Uh, he's he's had like 18 career points as his highest total in the season, and that was in 58 games. Obviously, points production is only one part of the story, but if you're playing in a lower league and you're not really producing at a high level, I think that that's generally not a great sign. Um, as far as what I've heard from Kraskowski is concerned, I don't think that anyone really thinks that he's greatly missed. It would have been a nice story if he transitioned into like Burmistrov-esque story in Burmistrov's prime under Noel, but I think we all can assume that that's not going to happen anytime soon. The guy taken before Kraskowski actually has spent time in North America. In fact, this is C.J. Cease, who is from the Minnesota State University, Mankato. And Cease is kind of an interesting forward in the sense that he is something of a bottom six wonder kid, or at least that was the hope. Cease has been pretty productive for the Manitoba Moose, relatively speaking. Not really putting up eye-popping numbers, but serviceable. Unfortunately, I don't think that his game really translates at the NHL level in a way that the Jets are going to get much meaningful value. I think that if he were to play with the Jets longer term, he is maybe like kind of like first year Brandon Tanev, but not as raw. And, you know, but Tanev kind of came to the Jets without a whole lot of pro hockey experience, none at all, in fact. And it really did show he kind of had one direction and that was forward, which is. In some ways, it can be effective for certain players, but for Tanev, he didn't really provide enough defensive value or uh, really directed energy. He did develop a lot of those skills as he continued to play for the Jets, but it wasn't the kind of development track that most guys in his position take. Cease has had a more grounded, more standard approach of coming up through Winnipeg's system, but I don't think that he's going to be somebody who makes a significant NHL impact. He had one NHL game this season, and it didn't really seem like he was going to stick around as far as I could tell. I think that he doesn't really have a high-end offensive IQ, which is totally fine. I think that he's a hard-working forward, and he's good at forechecking. He can get into tight spaces and find himself in greasy goals, but I think for what you would want in a fourth line to crack Winnipeg's lineup, I think that you need to be a lot better, unfortunately. Um, we have guys like Janssen Harkins. Uh, occasionally, we have a guy like Logan Shaw 
and Gabriel Bork. Neither of those guys are good in my eyes, but I think that they probably have the same level of impact that Cease would have. I'd love to see Cease one day really improve and take the reins, but he's 26, and at this age, he's probably what he is. I don't see him really changing his game all that much. And if he's just a a serviceable AHL forward with some decent offensive production and occasionally gets a call-up in case of emergency, I think that that's fine. He was a fifth-round pick. You don't often expect those guys to to make an NHL impact any time in the near future. And, you know, worst-case scenario, he's just like a fourth-line grinder with some offensive upside here and there, and I, I can live with that. I would love to have seen him become a better player and really transition into a difference maker, but... Uh, you know, whatever his role is now is probably going to be what he is, and so be it. Rooting for him, but I think most folks know that his development track is probably going to be capped at, like, top six AHLer. We're going to pause our 2014 draft review there to save some of the best for last, and this being a pretty thin draft, we will also have time, I'm sure, to start the 2015 entry draft after that. Uh, Be sure to tune in next episode. I believe we should have a Game 1 Collector interview with the theme of best season ever, so there will be some more general hockey talk sprinkled in there. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Before you log off for the evening, be sure to check out our Locked On NHL National broadcast hosted by Sarah Envampado. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!